five. What's up, everybody? Happy Tuesday. Uh, Mark Long from the Associated Press set to join us here in just a minute to talk about these Florida Gators Tennessee's going to have to deal with and to talk about these Jacksonville Jaguars that the Titans are going to have to deal with at some point. So we get a inside Florida report coming up soon. Coach Mack in the second hour to talk Titans. But uh, this was a number I saw from Channel 5 yesterday. This is, uh, if you run an organization, this is a really good number for you. The Titans on TV got a 29.4 rating, which mm-hmm. is the biggest rating they've gotten in 10 years. The opener got a 25.2. That was the highest number for a season opener in six years. I mean, if you want to know what people are interested in, just look at TV numbers because they're always put out there. Now, with radio, you don't always see that stuff. But with TV, numbers can just go out all the time. So 29.4 rating for the Tennessee Titans. That was a lot of people watching that game. And the amazing thing is, after you laid the egg in the first week, people were like, I'm still going to give them another chance. And boy, did they give them another chance. (laughs) They went all in now. I want to see how they respond to to the egg that they laid. Mm -hmm. Well, they really laid defensively the egg kind of, poked out again. It looked like another egg was about to come out before they battened down the hatches in the second quarter. Well, second half, really. Yeah. Oh, yeah. second, yeah, second, second half, half, third yeah. quarter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, you know, the fourth quarter, they had three, you know, three and out. So, yeah. You know, and then Tannehill and, and uh, old King Henry, you know, with the offensive line, of course, uh, you know, stepped up to the plate and played huge. So, exciting, yeah. But I'm not surprised. The NFL's a big band, you know, brand and product that uh, everybody loves and and curious to see how this season starts out those first games are always fluky i told you they always make me nervous every year yeah because you just don't know and it doesn't give you a tell tape of what each team is uh so you always see some surprising upsets not to say that arizona beating the titans was upset it was the way they beat them though uh so and then you saw some crazy upsets uh in week two you thought he had it all figured out. The Saints, oh, they're going to be great with Winston. Oop, no, not so much. He got beat by Sam Darnold. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, so, you know, that's how it goes, man. But he was horrible with the, with Adam Gates. Now he's, he's a genius now, right? <laughs> Playing great. There you go. New scenery, man. Fresh new start. Yeah. You know, Carson Wentz got a fresh new start, but uh, his, his new start caused him to be injured again. Yeah, uh, two sprained ankles, apparently. We we were watching that on Sunday. We we had just finished the pregame show, and we're watching the Colts. That game's on TV. He just, he just kept not getting rid of the ball. He just kept taking hits needlessly. And on the He play- was doing a good job being a quarterback, by the way. Oh, I no, thought, he was. Every- I watched the first game, too. I thought he, he looked solid. No, he- Besides holding on to the ball sometimes, trying to be the hero, and then ends up being the zero. I mean, that, that time he got sacked by Donald, he should have got rid of the ball or just taken the sack. Just take it. That, that, this is why Peyton Manning didn't get injured very much. Right. He knew when to say, no moss. Play's over. Yeah. I, I, this, I lost this play. They beat us. They beat me. They beat me. Tom Brady, 44 years old. Why? Hey, man. I'm not getting hit by any of these dudes. I mean, he threw a pass. He tried to flip it over his shoulder backwards. On, why on, he's falling down. Why? Yeah, he might even change to his left hand. I'm not sure because he and he got, that's how you get all tangled up like that and get your your foot and ankle all twisted under Just both ankles. Go down. He had already had a shovel pass intercepted where he was getting tackled and tried to. Shovel. And that was his worst play. Yeah, 
the shovel pass. You know what? I'll take that if I'm I'm, I'm the head coach and that's my quarterback. I'll take the shovel pass. Oh, that's his only bad play. Then he compounded that with that throw over the shoulder, and now you hurt your ankles. It was funny, man, because he sat there and says, I can't go. He tried to jog. They retaped it. Well, you're our show director of content as well as the show's lip reader, and we were watching it, and you just said, look at him. He just said, I can't go. And that is the worst feeling because most players can't say it. He said it. Yeah, they that, can't. That, they cannot. And you could tell he threw his helmet. He knew it was bad. Like, I know I cannot come back in this game. And really, he, he basically, you know, the game was over then because Easton, you know, a young quarterback coming off the bench is way different than a veteran guy. He came in through a pick game over. We were having this discussion in the green room. Some of the best radio that happens here, none of us are near a microphone. You, Rhett Bryan, uh, Rhett Batchelor, we were all kind of hanging out in the green room talking, and you brought up the point about Easton. It's like, he just came in cold off the bench and threw an interception. He's got a whole week to get ready now. They got a whole week to get him ready, and you pointed out he had some nice moments in the preseason. When he knew he was a starter, and then Rhett gave us a stat that he had, you know, pretty much done almost all the snaps, uh, you know, (laughs) with Wentz out. Yep. I mean, after that first week of practice. And he looked good in the preseason. And they got him involved early. What did they do? How do you get the quarterback involved and make him comfortable? Get into a rhythm? Sharp passing game early. Boom, 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 boom. I was like, whoa. He looked pretty good. He looked like he looked better than his father. Yeah. He said he didn't have a neck roll. Jacob Eason. Yeah. Big arm, though. And he was getting the 6'6, 231. Yeah. And the arm that goes with everything. The rest of those numbers. I think with uh, a week of practice, the fans better not sleep on on this this youngster. That oh no, Wentz is out. We got him. Uh uh-uh. uh, no can do. Do not do that. And don't don't be uh, ding dongs either on on the Titan side and, and try to blitz him every place and show how tough he is. If he, if he if he doesn't have the ball, guess what? Doesn't matter. Aren't they honoring Bum Phillips on Sunday too? For the Ring of Honor? Oh, they yeah. are. Remember last Phillips time they did a Ring of Honor celebration before the game facing a Colts backup quarterback? Do not tell me that's true. It was Eddie and Steve. Field caught fire. Jacoby Brissett beat the Titans. Oh. Come on, man. So you, you just tried to ruin my day. That's what you just did. You're supposed to lift us up. Yeah. You're not supposed to just come in and With go. Your womp, womp. Nice <laughs> smiley <laughs> face. The whole point is people calling it an easy win if it's Easton at quarterback. I'm just saying. Let's no, remember. Just, good, good. Yeah, that's that's a great, great stat there. Man, wow. Great recall. It, you, no, fire. the recall about the fire though was the, really the big talk. Uh that was it, insane. It, it burned the grass. Yeah, it, yeah, man. That was uh oh. that was crazy. Now here's the thing I worry about. Maybe we I, need to do that to make sure they come out there with the and run with their, their butts on fire. Hey, man, whatever you got to do. Whatever it takes. Um, in talking to Lofa Tatupu and looking at everything the Colts did week one against the Seahawks, they just abandoned the run. Mm-hmm. Well, the one thing they did have success with, they threw 12 completions to Taylor and Hines, the two running backs. As we were talking about this last week. They had good success throwing the backs. Now, the Titans gave up, what, 131 uh, yards on two pass plays, so they're susceptible to the big play. But that nickel and dime thing? That's the thing that worries me about the Colts, even with Eason's big arm, is Naheem Hines, Taylor, and, and them just, okay, okay, we'll just do Well, they were playing some zone, and they just say, take what you give me. Yeah. You know, that's what happens. Most of these quarterbacks get greedy, and they want more than that, and they're impatient, and they go, no, we're, we, I can squeeze it in here. That's when you make a mistake. So that's off to the Colts. It's always going to be 
a tough game against the Colts. It's a divisional game. It counts as two. When I say it counts as two, that means two games because you win, you, you you move up, you know, really two games. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, this is, you know, you got to think this is the Colts. They know us. We know them. It's going to be a close game, and you can't, you know, give up uh, impactful plays, those three long plays. You cannot do that on defense and win a game. It's surprising that they even won the game yeah. with giving that up. Uh, can't, you know, have penalties on special team. Got to clean a lot of things up. Yeah, Very fortunate to steal that win against the Seahawks, but you did, and you earned it. Uh, so let's clean those things up. I think you got a great shot of beating the Colts. Yeah. Got to get them. Got to get them now when they down, man. Whew. The Titans have won two of three against the Colts, two of the last three. They lost three in a row before that. Derrick Henry has gone 100 yards plus in the last three games. Um, the Colts did go, and this is, again, this is something that you keep bringing up. Colts play good against the Rams. They could have won that game. They oh, were, it took I them mean, to the end. To the very end. To Jalen Ramsey. Intercepted the ball. Yeah. Oh, oh, he's from here. I wanted them to draft him so bad. I would have traded two picks to move up. Because he went, like, fifth pick, right? Or somewhere up there. And I think yeah. the Titans were, like, 10 or 8. or They, they, they had no shot of getting them. <laughs> it, it, it was early, but oh, oh man. my gosh. Oh, I know he would have loved that. Yeah, I don't know if they would have loved paying him. But instead, we got Jack Rabbit and Christian Fulton, who are balling. Christian Fulton is balling for sure. Man, he just stepped up his game. I, I'm, I'm excited to see if he can continue this and grow. You don't understand what kind of confidence that he's got now, and he's going to get better. Man, that does a lot for a young player. Some people, a pro football focus attributed him. John Glennon just went on the stat tweeting spree yesterday that uh-huh. it was just one gold after another tweet. But one of the things was Fulton was basically unmesswithable for the whole game, but yeah. they gave him the coverage bust. They I gave. Remember, I said he. That's what I thought. Yes, they I gave. Did. They gave it to him too. Yeah. Yeah. He should have been running deep third. And the, and the guy in the slot is not going to be running deep third. Now, you can at times in in disguise, that's the guy, and that's how you get some some players, I mean, some quarterbacks. Right. But in that one there, with them talking, it was Chris Jackson and him having a conversation. And that's happened before, and I told you why that happened. That happened in, in uh, with me and Samari in the uh, – I forgot what game it was. Is that here at home? And it was a new defense we put in, and we didn't run it against every formation. And so when he, I'm, you know, I'm up or yell out the call, he's not looking at me and I'm going to do my job. I was supposed to come down. Yeah. He supposed to be deep third and he did not. I might go right by him. I said, you better go catch him. I can't catch him. I'm not fast like that. <laughs> you better go get him, man. Sick. <laughs> Didn't get him though. No, not, no, that, you got not like that. Hey, Fulton is. So he got a blown coverage. He, he has the chance. And we've been asking this question, Gus. What are you going to do when? Uh, what are you going to do when the first round draft pick gets well? I don't know because Fulton's playing pretty dang good. Oh no 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 no! There is no question. If he continues to play like this, Fulton will not be out there. No, he, he, you don't. You don't. It's just that's one on one. You know, NFL coaching. The player that's hot, you keep him out there yeah. until he is not hot. Right. Mm-hmm. You do not. Uh. Uh-uh. Like I didn't guess why you lose credibility as a coach. That you put somebody else out there that's not proven, by the way. If he was proven, you know, Farley and everything else, you can't just throw him out there because he's a first runner. He has the talent. He has the upside and all those things. No. Stay with Fulton all the way until he has a bad, bad, bad day. 
and then you pull them out. Yeah, that, that, you don't do that. No. You, it, at one point, though, when he is checking um, Metcalf, I thought, this guy did this every week in the SEC. Heck, he did it against that guy. Yeah. That's why I said Ole Miss versus LSU. He wasn't scared. It was nothing. It was nothing. He's ready to go. He's seen it all before. You know what I love, though? He stayed calm. Yeah. Remember Metcalf? I'm going to call this. This is what they, you know, they in football terms, they said he tried to punk him. Yep. He tried to take his manhood and say, no, nah, I'm bigger, stronger, and I'm going to throw you around like a rag doll, and I'm going to show you that I'm going to take control of you, and I'm going to put the fear in you. Still happens when you're a grown man in the National Football League. Yeah. And Fulton just kept holding on to him like, Nope, you're holding, and that's a penalty. Yeah. And then he didn't get rattled. He didn't get mad. Nope. Well, I done looked at him. Okay, we're going we're gonna to play this game. I'm going to keep coming. I'm going to keep coming. And he really actually won and got in Metcalf's head. And okay. then Russell was like, I can't even go to you. I don't even know where you're going to be if you're going to be in the right spot. Yep. Matter of fact, you're on the wrong spot now because you're on the sideline. Yep. Over in Mad with your uh, baby uh, pacifier in. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> All right, explain this to us, Lucas. You're a young guy. Why does he have a – I know it's, it's like a, it's a mouthpiece, but why, what does that, you know, look good? And by the way, the, the purple hair, what was that? He said it was to keep him cool. I don't know. I won't, ju- I won't judge They the talked hair. about it on the TV broadcast. Well, he had red hair the last time I watched him. Yeah, but they said it was, it was cool. He stayed cool-headed, and he didn't because – he was trying to That's why the pass fire was so great because it was so just the way it was indicative of, of his just the way he acted all day on the field. You're right; he was absolute. Fulton was in his head. Yeah, he got him. He did exactly what he wanted him to do. He won the battle and the war. He won both of them. He won the middle battle. Ooh, sure did. That was that's huge there, man. Uh, Mark Long, Associated Press in Florida, covers the Gators, covers the Jags. I think he covers everything. He's going to join us next. We got lots to discuss. It's Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Got an APB out from Mark Long. He's of the AP. All we needed was the B to add to that. Uh, Associated Press writer. He covers the Gators and he covers the Jaguars. I was thinking about that because that's one of those, hey, man, I got good news and bad news, you know, from your boss. It's like you get to cover the Florida Gators. You'd be like, dang, man, they're always pretty good. Like, that's a good beat. SEC, I love it. What's the bad news? Oh, man, you cover the Jags, too. Oh, shoot. <laughs> okay. Well, is there any? Nope. That's the good news and bad news. You get paid the same, but uh, you get the Gators. You're also going to have to haul your heavy butt up to Jacksonville sometimes, cover that rambling railroad of dysfunction. You, think about Urban Meyer. He takes that job, and I see Marcus calling in. We'll have him on in a minute. And I'll, I can start with this question for him. You take that job, then USC comes open. He could win at USC. He wins everywhere in college. Go out there and win. Man, the temperature's nice out there. You know he's telling his agent, how could you not have told me that this thing was this close to getting cut off in USC? How could you not have told me that? Because there's no way I'd be here and well, well, doing this. The, the really, the hard part, I think he could handle, I don't know if he could really handle losing, but you got to know that you're going to lose in the NFL. Yep. But I think it's the way the media ask him questions where, you know, in college they kind of, you know, kind of skirt around questions. Are they really working for you in a sense because they want everybody to hear the, all the, the fluffy stuff? Where the NFL is not like that. The media is not going to do that. They're going to ask you really good questions, and you got to be held accountable, and you got to be able to answer them. And I don't think he's prepared sometimes to think that he's going to get a tough question, some of these tough questions. I really, I think it throws him off like, huh, uh, uh, oh, 
Oh, I know that uh, USC would be an option for me. Oh, I, no, I'm here for good. I'm not going anywhere. Then he puts his hands in his pocket and he starts tapping his foot. And you go, <laughs> mm, I don't know if I trust this guy. Uh, Mark Long <laughs> is on with us now. We trust him because he works for the Associated Press. They know what they're doing. Mark, uh, we, we've been having a lot of these discussions about Urban Meyer. And he gets asked about USC and his body language changes. I just think, I don't think he's going to leave and take the USC job. I think he's probably mad at his agent. Like, seriously, man, I could have been at USC now. What are, what are we doing here? Come on, man. <laughs> yeah, you know, the funny thing is I, I've talked to people around the, around the country, and I don't think he was a, he's a, would be a candidate at USC. They've got a pretty strict um, background check. And, you know, from everybody I talked to, there was an, talk about thoughts about urban meyer earlier at usc and a lot of people believe he was not going to pass their background check with some of the things that he's uh you know been into with you know talking about players and hiding drug tests and this that and the other and certainly what happened at at uh, ohio state with his receivers coach all those things so i i don't think he's going back to college i don't think it's it'll be usc i don't think it'll be anything i think you know, the question remains, and, you know, again, we're two two games into this thing, but you're already asking the questions is, you know, what, uh, you know, is he happy? Is he, is he going to be, is it going to be a one and done? Is he going to see this thing through? Uh, how committed to the NFL is he? And a lot of people have concerns about that. Even despite him saying no chance about going to USC, people still wonder, you know, whether or not he stays in Jacksonville. And, and really makes this thing a four or five year project. I think the, the, the overwhelming concern would be that he's a, he's a one and done and walks away and either cites health or says, uh, this isn't what he wants or thought he, or thought he was getting into. And, uh, it's a pretty big rebuild. There's no doubt about it. It's not going to happen in one year, probably not going to happen in two years. And, uh, a lot of people really, really thinking now that Urban Meyer won't be around to, See Jacksonville get this thing somewhat turned around. Well, uh, Mark Long with a strong opening statement here uh, on Blaine and Mickey. Oh, yeah, I guess well, we have to jump over here to Florida. And, man, how surprised were you that they really took it to Bama? And, I mean, they took it. They, they believe they can beat Bama. They just keep coming up sharp, man. I mean, was that a little surprising? How they, and, and they were <laughs> well, stopping the you know, running game? Yeah, I was probably one of the few people who thought Florida had a chance, and not just a puncher's chance. I actually thought they, they had a chance, and partly because I'd watched Alabama the first two games and wasn't all that impressed, and we had gotten to see that Miami was a little bit of a fraud. So I had a belief that, uh, that Florida would, would keep it close and maybe have a shot, and mostly because of the swamp. We knew that thing was going to be electric, so you got Bryce Young coming in on his, his first career road start, was going to be in – an environment that we saw Joe Burrow turn the ball over three times in 2018, his, you know, playing there. We saw Bo Nix really struggle with three interceptions in 2019 there. So, you know, it's a place that is, is pretty raucous and can be a hard time for uh, opposing quarterbacks, especially young ones who haven't played on the road. So I thought Florida keep it close. What surprised me, two things. Surprised me that Alabama jumped out on them 21-3 like they did. And then it really surprised me that Florida flipped the switch and got the thing turned around in the second quarter with all those three and outs. And then in the 
third and fourth quarter with some pretty impressive drives, a 99-yarder and then a 75-yarder to give them a chance to tie it. So from that standpoint, you know, Florida was impressive. I think what probably shocked me more than anything was they did it without Anthony Richardson. Mm. I mean, that kid's dynamic. He's been unbelievable in the first two weeks of the season. And for them to do what they did and, and push Alabama to the limits and do it without basically their, their most dynamic player, that part was absolutely stunning, absolutely shocking. Well, with Mark Long, and man, Mark, I'm glad you brought that up because if Richardson is healthy, how much do you think he plays against uh, Tennessee? I think they probably a 50-50 split. Oh. I think that's what, if he would have been healthy, I think they would have been about a 50-50 split, uh, depending on you know who has the hot hand or this, that, and the other. But I don't think there's any question that Dan Mullen is moving away from uh, Anthony Richardson coming in every third series because that's kind of been his plan. But I, and he might keep that plan now with him coming back from a hamstring injury. But I think Dan Mullen sees what everybody else sees, that this kid is dynamic. This kid's got that it factor. He's different than everybody else. He's much more, you know, Cam Newton type-esque. And, uh, and I think Dan Mullen realizes he's got to get him on the field. And he's going to be a part of their offense and a big part of their offense later this season and certainly moving on uh, after this year. Man, what were your thoughts on the two-point play call? Yeah, it was an interesting call. That's what I mean, you're running it down their throat. You, you know, you run the ball in Alabama like nobody's run the ball in Alabama in years. And so the, to call a running play there for, and needing three yards, I don't have a problem with that. It was, it was just a botched, botched call. So you wonder why somebody didn't see it from the sideline and call it in. But I think what, I, what we're gathering now is the running back lined up on the wrong side of the ball or the wrong side of the quarterback, and then the tight end was supposed to pull, and the tight end never pulled. So all of a sudden you just got a completely botched play where you don't have a tight end coming down to crack back against that defensive end, and you got the running back on the wrong side. So you throw off, throws off the running back, throws off the quarterback, throws off the, the exchange, and then you don't have the, the proper blocking set up. So it was really doomed. There was a hole there. There's, you know, you look at the internet nowadays, and Twitter. There's a, a picture going around that shows a, a it's an, an aerial view, and there, there's a hole there to run. They just couldn't get it going and uh, couldn't figure out where they wanted to hand the ball off and who wanted to take the ball and where they were headed. And that that's the kind of thing that you can't do against Alabama. If you're going to beat Alabama, you, you you need to be as as perfect as you can be. And Florida was far from perfect and probably lucky to have it to have a shot like that given the number of mistakes that Florida made. Yeah, Florida made a lot of mistakes, but man, some of those PIs, pass interference calls, I don't know about that. What would you think yeah. about that, Mark? Yeah, that's the one that you, you know, all of Florida Gator Nation is up in arms, you know, Saturday, Sunday, uh even yesterday, and Dan Mullen refused to talk about them. Uh, he doesn't want to get fined. He likes his money. So, but I think he sent a few of them to the league office and said, "Okay, you got to look at this and tell me what you're seeing here because this ticky tack stuff—that's that's not you know that's not the way to do to play to, to call a game. Uh, pretty ridiculous. I think everybody agrees that there were at least two that were pretty suspect. One was completely blatant, and uh, you know I you know I don't know what Dan Mullen will hear. Maybe one day." He'll tell us, but I doubt he's going to delve too far into that right now. Going with AP Mark Long, who covers Florida as well as the Jags.
It's interesting. Uh, Mullen has really flipped the identity of this team on offense. They go from a top pass offense, at least for a couple of weeks now, to one of the top run offenses in the country. Yeah, it's a, it's a remarkable transformation, and and not many teams do it. Certainly not like this, where you're flipping a switch and going from they were the best passing team in the country last year, number one yeah. in the country with Kyle Trask, Heisman Trophy finalist, Kyle Pitts, matchup nightmare, and Kadarius Tony, a guy with you know more wiggle than anybody we've seen in Gainesville since Percy Harvin. So those three guys, they you know Dan Mullen engineered his offense around those three and they they threw the ball for like 380 yards a game last year so it was something to watch it was historic unprecedented in Gainesville only one team in Florida history had ever been better at throwing the ball last year and that was Steve Spurrier's last one in 2001 with Rex Grossman the Heisman Trophy runner-up and that team probably should have played for a national title they were that good and they didn't but uh you know, this, that team last year was, was unbelievable throwing the ball, and Dan Mullen lost all three of those big, his big three and basically said, okay, what, are we, what do we got? Well, we got two quarterbacks who are dual-threat guys and can run the ball. We got uh, three returning offensive linemen who are a bit of maulers, and then you, get, uh, you got three running backs who have been in the system, all fourth- or fifth-year guys. So what they did was they said, okay, we're going to be a running team, and that's what they've gone, and they've gone from – now being this, uh, you know, this aerial attack to this ground and pound. Uh, and so now they're averaging, they're, they rank second in the country, only behind Michigan in rushing yards. And they, they dropped, uh, you know, darn near 250 on Alabama and averaged almost six yards of carry against Alabama. Numbers that, you know, had nobody's done against Alabama since Ezekiel Elliott in Ohio State in the 2014 semifinal game, January of 2015 in the Sugar Bowl. And uh, that, that included an 85-yard run by Zeke Lake that, that basically put the game away. Yeah. Florida didn't have anything like that. It wasn't like Florida had two or three 60- or 70-yard runs. Florida's longest run from scrimmage was 30 yards. So, you know, Florida drops 250 on them with the longest run being 30. They're doing a lot of damage, a lot of big runs, not, not these, you know, eye-popping huge runs, but a lot of gashers and 10 and 12 and 15 yard runs and you add those up over the course of three three and a half hours and all of a sudden it was uh you know uh, it's almost a historic number against a Nick Saban defense so uh Florida can run it that's what they're going to do it's a testament to uh to Dan Mullen that they've been able to flip the switch like this and and switch from a passing offense to a running offense it takes first it takes a lot of confidence on your coaches and a lot of buy-in from your players and he got both, and uh, they've been able to do it. And it's you know, you talk to Dan Mullen, and he'll say, and he said it yesterday. He said, "This is it's 20 years in the making." They uh, he learned a hard lesson in 2005. He came to Florida as Urban Meyer's offensive coordinator, and he tried to take Chris Leak and make him Alex Smith. And they had had Alex Smith the previous two years in Utah, and Alex Smith was a perfect spread option quarterback. And they thought, well, we got better talent in Florida, and we just we got this great offense, and we'll just do the same thing. And no, it was a square peg in a round hole, and Chris Leak was in over his head. And so it took them a couple of bad losses in half the season to figure that out and sit down at the bye week, and they revamped everything. They scrapped all the four and five receiver sets, scrapped all the quarterback runs, brought in a fullback, a walk-on, and basically said, we're going to have to play a little ground and pound here. And that was a eye-opening for – Dan Mullen and it's carried him for the for the the last 16 years. It's really carried him. It, hey, you better 
in this league and really anywhere, you better be able to play to your personnel or you're not going to get it done. And so uh, last year, he's got the personnel to be a, a big-time passing team, number one in the country. And this year, they're a ground-and-pound power running team, and they're number two in the country running it. You're in the same neck of the woods, fairly close by where you are to UCF. You saw Josh Heupel get the job at Tennessee. We're a couple games in right now. Obviously, that's a guy that that you would have known your cohorts and you would have covered some for the Associated Press there. Do you look at Josh Heupel and think, yeah, great job, Tennessee. This is the guy to make these Florida-Tennessee games a rivalry and, and more for Tennessee again? Yeah, you hope. You know, I think everybody wants that to be get back to where it was. Uh, you know, I, everybody that's maybe not a Florida fan, I, I think Florida fans like it like it is right now and pretty one-sided. Uh, but I, I think if you love college football and you love the SEC and the history, I think you got to get Florida-Tennessee, Tennessee-Alabama, Florida-Georgia, Georgia-Tennessee. you got to get them all, right, you know, back to where they were. And, you know, I want to think Heupel's the guy to get it done. I want to think that he's going to come down to Florida and he's got these ties and they're going to be able to recruit and get the best players in the state and some of the, uh, the best players from the state of Florida and make it work in Tennessee. I know Danny White, you know, raves about Josh Heupel. Obviously, that was his guy the second that job came open. And, uh, you know, they're going, to, they're going to be able to throw the ball. They're going to be able to hide some of their deficiencies early with, this, with up-tempo. But I think it really comes down to, and you guys have seen this a million times, it comes down to do you get, can you get the right quarterback? That's where we are in, in football. It's where we've been for years. But if, if, you can't, if you don't have the right guy, the right trigger man, the right guy, you know, throwing the ball, delivering the ball, making those decisions, you're doomed. And I'm not sure if Tennessee has that guy yet. And to me, for Heupel to be successful, he's got to be able to go get that guy. Mark Long, uh, AP Mark Long on Twitter, joining us here on Blaine and Mickey, talking all things Florida football. Mm. Well, AP uh, Mark Long, I just got a couple more questions. One of them is, do you think there could be a little bit of a hangover after playing Bama and maybe Florida gets off to a slow start until they get over uh, the physicality of the Bama game? No question. I think that's a huge concern. Dan Mullen addressed it yesterday that you can't let one loss become two. You can't let, you know, you can't have all this big buildup for Alabama, the defending national champs, number one in the country, the first time they've been in the swamp in a decade. Everybody gets up for that. And then there's probably a little bit of a natural letdown afterwards. And he's going to work like hell, he said this week, to to make sure his his players uh, don't act like that and make sure, you know, he wants to do whatever the – to, to help the fan base do the same. He said uh, yesterday he would uh, grab a mic and sing and dance if it meant packing the swamp like, like they had for Alabama again because it makes a big difference. So uh, they're on alert. That They understand that it happens. There's, a, there's certainly a, uh, a, a fatigue factor after playing Alabama, a beat-up factor, all, whatever you want to call it, a letdown factor. I mean, we saw obviously Miami week one gets pummeled by, you know, pummeled by Alabama and then darn near loses the next week and then does lose in week three. So um, it happens. It's happened to, to other teams. It happened to Florida last year. They got beat by Alabama in the bowl game. And I mean, in the uh, SEC title game and then turned around and lost the bowl game. Now, that was a few weeks later, 
But uh, they they weren't ready for that game, and nobody was ready for that game. They had a lot of opt-outs and whatnot. But, uh, yeah, it, it is definitely a realistic possibility and uh, something that I would think Florida's going to work all week to uh, to make sure everybody's aware of it. Well, last I looked, I saw Florida, I think, is ranked 11. Is that right? Are they still 11? Mm-hmm. Still 11, yeah, they didn't does move. That, does, that, does a lot of Florida fans, do they feel like they should be ranked higher? <laughs> Just because how Always, close they should have right? beat yep. Bama, I mean, yep. they just—I mean, do they talk about this? Yeah, I think they—I think they think they think they're a top ten team based yeah. on what they did against Alabama. Now, you listen—you go talk to an Alabama fan, and they'll be like, "Listen, you had your—you played really well at home. Congratulations. We had one of our worst games offensively, defensively. Couldn't tackle. This and they down some linebackers, dropped passes, missed opportunities, <laughs> all that, and you still couldn't beat us." So, you know, I, it's all your perception, right, You're where you're coming at this thing from. Uh, I think Florida fans do believe that they played well enough uh, to be a top-10 team, but I think anybody else who's watched them, I think you see there's some holes there. Florida's got holes, there's no question. Uh, but the reality of that is it'll play out. It's all going to play out. And if, if Florida can, you know, can run the table and get to the Georgia game, under, you know, without another loss the rest of the way, then – you know, then they're going to have a chance to win the East. That's why Dan Mullen basically admitted that that's why, he, you know, he held out Richardson. I mean, you, know, you play Richardson, and that would have probably helped them against Alabama, but beating Alabama gets you nothing. you got to have Richardson for Tennessee. you got to have Richardson for Georgia. You better have Richardson for the rematch against Alabama because mm-hmm. those games are much more important than the first game against Alabama. Mark, good stuff, man. We love catching up with you at AP Mark Long. People can follow you for all the latest on the uh, the Jaguars as well as the Florida Gators and more uh, covering everything down there in Florida for the Associated Press. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Thanks, Thanks guys. Uh, Mark Thank Long. Uh, there's there's some Carson Wentz news out, including some audio and uh, what he was doing today as far as uh, health-wise. We'll let you know that. We got all the information next. Blaine to Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Y'all, everybody wondering what's going to happen with Carson, uh, Carson Wentz. We got the Zone TV chat up, by the way. Hey to everybody in Zone TV chat, Twitch, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, Mike Patton says in the in the chat, Wentz plays hero ball. Oh, that means he's going to try to play at the end? That, I mean, mean, that, that means, week. like, I'm going to keep making a play. I'm oh, gonna, I'm gonna talking about in-game. my left hand backwards. Yeah, you know? well, he can't do that. He says, Mike adds, Eason has a, an arm, but no touch. So... There's your quarterback scouting report from Mike in his own TV chat. I appreciate that. Uh, I never second guess whenever we play the Colts. They get remember Andrew Luck would come in here limping with one and a half leg, and he just torches. Do you? Remember, I was like, oh my gosh. Do you, you remember? Me? Was it four years ago where the Colts came in the, at the end of the season? They had two quarterbacks that weren't even in the NFL anymore. They had the guy, uh, the guy with the curly hair, had played at Kansas State. Josh Johnson, who then played for the Buccaneers, like he was a high draft. Oh pick. yeah, yeah, I remember Josh. Remember that guy, and then he was completely out of the league before and after and he came back. And, and then who, they who had was the other person, and they had two. Uh, they had two guys I don't think ever played in the league again, and the Titans lost to those two guys that day to the Colts. Was oh, that I remember that. Oh, we're gonna have somebody's gonna tweet us immediately and name the two guys. But anyway, oh, I, I agree with you. The Colts have have come in here with essentially. 
just two guys off the street and beaten this team. Yeah, and the Brissett years, it just uh, they just seem like they find a way. So we beat them. You said what? Two of the last three times. Two of the last three. But and the Derrick Henry's got enough. Three. Almost. Yeah. Derrick Henry in the last three games, even in the one that. The one they lost last year was the Naheem Hines game, which was his birthday. Oh, that was here. Yeah, and they tried to take him out at once, and he, he said, no, no, no. Remember that? No, don't take me out. Yeah, because I messed up the last game, and they took him out. He yeah, he got hiding. It, it couldn't stop him running or catching. Could not stop it. He he impacted the game. Yeah, now he's got a big, nice little contract, three-year deal. Yeah, like six million a year or something. So I'm a little bit nervous about, about those backs because I, they had success against the Seahawks. They had 12 receptions, the two running, the Colts' two running backs between them. They each had six catches. Now, I think they each had one last week against the Rams. But those guys can hurt you. But uh, what's going on with Carson Wentz? Here is a Tom Pelissero of uh, the NFL Network with a full recap of Carson Wentz Day and what the Colts are looking at going forward. This uh, just just dropped by NFL Network right here. Well, Mike, Carson Wentz wasn't just in a boot. He was riding around the team facility yesterday on a scooter. But as you said, he is going to test out those ankles on Wednesday, see how well he's able to move. Nobody has ruled him out at this point for Sunday's game against the Titans. If Wentz cannot go, then Indianapolis has a decision to make. They could go with Jacob Eason, who relieved Wentz this past Sunday. He's only thrown five NFL passes. Those came in that game on Sunday, including the interception. Or they could go to their practice squad, where they have Brett Hundley. He made nine starts for the Packers. It was way back in 2017, but a veteran quarterback who maybe can play to the defense and the running game those are the decisions that the Colts will have to sort through as this week goes on and as they get a better handle on Wentz's status. So you got the young guy who's a big guy with every one of the tools who played at a couple of big D1 schools in Aston, family pedigree, all that stuff. Or you got Hunley, who's, as Pellicero pointed out, has been a minute, but he's got some NFL experience. He's gone out there and twice started nine games, he said. Well, I'd be shocked if they don't go with Aston. Yeah, I watched him in the preseason. Uh, I thought Reich did a really good job of getting him into rhythm with the sharp passing game. So that's kind of how they approach the Titans when they play them. Kind of the sharp passing game. Then they kind of hit them with the run slowly to get you know get into a rhythm. And the quarterback next to you know now he's throwing curls. Now he's throwing out. Now he's throwing deep. Uh, so I, I think you got to approach this game, and that's what that what will be the mindset of an NFL player. If you relax and think just because Jacob Eason is the starter, trust me, I lost to Ryan Leaf. And it wasn't because I relaxed. Yeah. He just was better than we thought he was. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, uh-huh. Oh, he's horrible. Well, guess what he does have? A big cannon. And he let that thing launch. And we were playing man-to-man, and that's what our stick was. And we got after the quarterback. And we let him back in the game, but we let him throw deep balls. All he had, all he had to do, he, he got hit. He was on the ground, but the ball wasn't with him. Ugh. Yeah, so this guy's got a big arm. You approach it just like it's you're approaching the offense. Now, there's certain things you want to say, ah, let's test the waters a little bit, you know, with Eason, see if we can rattle him early and make him get rid of the ball quicker and make him speed up his clock, make him make some mistakes. Those are the things you approach him with differently other than Wentz. But I think you still would probably approach Wentz that way because there's only three games in, even though he's looked fairly, in my mind, I know they haven't won a game, solid considering uh, how he played last year. You can tell he looked comfortable. Uh, and as you said, they abandoned the run, and they threw the ball over the yard. Just just ran out of time. And then he got injured. So uh, I, I would approach it that way. Uh, you know, you still got to get after him a little bit early, though. See what he's got, and then you play him straight up like you were just approaching the Colts' offense. Mm-hmm. 
I do like that the Titans have been able to get pressure and, and the big guys really got after just the quarterback kind of last Just the front four, though, really yeah. a lot. Yeah. And that's that's great. Boy. Yeah. Hey, they play like that. Archery showed up. Dupree was getting pressure. And, oh, you know, Big Jeff. You know, Big Jeff always playing. And Landry. Mm-hmm. Hey, that's a formula front. And Landry dropped a few times. I was impressed with his coverage. Mm-hmm. And now they may switch it up. Maybe it'll be Dupree. Never know. They may switch up and have Archery or somebody, one of them zone blitz schemes. You know, and Simmons, they throw it right to the big belly of, of Simmons. He takes that thing to the house, and you get to all see that this guy, every bit of runs about a 4-8. <laughs> so you be like, what? Did you see him rolling? Yeah, I say, oh, man, I can't beat that guy. That guy fast. <laughs> all right, 2015, the Colts came in here. Oh, you got You found it, didn't you? Because that was going to drive me crazy. I can't remember. Josh Freeman and Ryan Lindley. With the two quarterbacks. Oh, Josh one. Freeman. Freeman yeah. was the big kid from uh, uh, Tampa Bay. Yes, in, mm-hmm. in Kansas State. I may have said yeah, Josh Johnson. You did say Josh Johnson. He was the guy Josh that went Johnson. to San Diego University that played for Harbaugh in college, who's been on, like, a lot of teams. Every organization that plays yeah, professional Josh football Freeman. on any continent. It was Freeman who came in. Yeah, it was him. I, I forgot all about that game. Josh Freeman. And I was and sick Ryan to my Lundin. stomach. I almost felt like I was still playing. I was that sick that they lost that game. They scored 30 points with those two dudes playing quarterback yeah. that day. They beat the Titans 30-24. Now, the Titans uh, did not have a good year that year, but it's like, okay, they're going to beat the Colts. And he just showed up on a Tuesday. Yeah. Freeman did. I remember that. He didn't know the people's names he was playing with. So that's why I said you could never look. A young quarterback, you definitely want to get after him a little bit, and I would do it early to get him all sped up. Yep. And a little jittery. I got to get rid of them all. Jittery, bro. So he's got to, I got this thing, hot potato, man. Everybody want this. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then after that, I go, all right, let's settle down. Now let's play our defense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Titans defense, by the way, has allowed 34 points on average in the first two games. So they got to batten down the hatches. 34 points. 34 points. Yeah, they're 29th in the league in scoring. They're one wow. of nine teams allowing over 400 yards per game. Watch this. I'm about to ask you a question. Do you know the, how many points they averaged last year after the season? I, I don't know the answer. We'll have that answer next. Oh, in okay. hour number two, Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 <laughs> The Zone.